0: Hey, everybody, it's comedian Trent McClellan, and you're listening to my podcast called The Generators. Every single week, I have a cool guest, and we talk about uh, life, professions, creativity, success, failure, and all sorts of other cool stuff. And every single one of these conversations, I learned a great deal, and I'm pretty sure you're going to learn a great deal too. So uh, hang on tight, and thanks for listening to The Generators. Hey there everybody what's happening is Trent McClellan with another sweet brand new fresh episode of the generators podcast recording this introduction part anyway on July 10th 2018 okay so uh thanks for uh checking this out again I really appreciate it um I also really appreciate the feedback I've been getting uh from folks who have been emailing me and uh let me know they're checking out the podcast and folks have been writing comments. I really, really do appreciate it. Um, it means people are listening and people are digging it and uh, they're enjoying it. And that's the only reason I put it out there into the into the universe is so that your ears got something to chew on. That's right. I think ears have teeth and they need something to chew on. And hopefully this is content that they uh, they find somewhat uh, audible and edible in in, in, in dual fashion. Um yeah, so thanks for all that. If you want to uh, send me an email, you can uh, at Trent at Trent's Comedy dot com. Trent at Trent's Comedy dot com. And uh that goes to me and I will do my best to get back to you. So yeah, thanks to everyone who's been listening and I hope you're having a great week. I'm in Calgary, Alberta, recording this right now, and it's been nice to not be on the road for a while and just kind of settle in to a more of a normal you know, home pocket. You know, where you're cooking all the time. You're hanging out. You got nowhere to be per se. And for uh, a professional comedian, that's a nice change. It's nice. You know, sleep in your own bed, and uh, you know, shower in your own shower. That's these are the small things that maybe other people take for granted. I don't, because I'm away quite a bit, and uh, it's it's been nice to do that. Been doing a lot of grilling. Really fun in my grill pocket right now. You know really starting to remember where the hot spots are on the grill and uh you know what stuff takes a little longer you know and it's like it's like going back up on stage you got to get back familiar with the grill this side's a little hotter um. Oh yeah, that take that cooks really quick That's right Oh, it's also hot out today So it's going to be even quicker oh, Getting feel There's a bit of a, a feel one needs when, uh, when grilling properly So starting to find my grill pocket It's good, feels good Feels good to find the grill pocket I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about But anybody out there working a grill On a consistent basis You step away from that You lose your touch, okay? You lose your timing And uh, starting to find mine again now So it feels good, feeling confident Maybe I'm ready for some kind of contest You know? Some kind of uh, some kind of cook-off. I don't even know how that works. How does that work? What do you just cook food, and some judge decides? Yeah, those pork chops are better than yours. I don't. How does a cook-off work? Really? I don't know. I've never been in one, and maybe I, I don't think I'll ever go in one. Um, what else is going on? I, I we are in the middle of stampede here. The weather has been amazing so far, except today we did have a bunch of rain and thunder and lightning. Which, of course, means that my dog absolutely loses his mind and thinks that the world is ending. It is the most terrifying thing for him. And uh, we've tried a bunch of stuff, you know, some, um, some chemicals to put in his food to kind of calm him down. And we tried a thunder shirt. And it seems like nothing works. One thing he does like to do is go into the downstairs bathroom by himself and shut the door behind him. I'm not joking. Numerous times I have come home. And found the bathroom door shut downstairs, which was open when I left. And uh, it is now shut. And he is in there because he likes to go in that bathroom and just during thunderstorms. I don't know what it is. I've heard it's something about ions close to the and But he doesn't do, the, do it to the other bathrooms. Doesn't go up there. Just the one downstairs. It's the weirdest thing. And shuts the door behind him. Try to picture that for a second. He's not even a tall dog. He's like, yeah, I'd like some privacy, please. I'm freaking out. I want to go in the bathroom in the dark and sit here, and uh, I'm going to shut the door behind me, please, because the door doesn't close on its own. You have to physically shut it yourself. And uh, we've been gone for hours at a time, so I don't know how long he would have been in there. It's it's a weird thing. A weird thing. Uh, anyway, that uh, lasted today, and it was some of the loudest thunder I've ever heard. Like It shook the house. So uh, he was freaking out. He's hyperventilating. There's a bit of drooling. Um, the chest is, heart is pounding. It's just, it's insane. And I feel really bad for him. So I just kind of hold him and hug him and say, buddy, it's going to be okay. You know, I mean, uh, I'm here with you. I'm not going to let you go through it alone. You want to go down to the bathroom? Two of us will go in there. We'll shut the door in the dark. I'll lay there with you. I mean, I don't care. I got nowhere to be. Like I said, I'm going to be home for a while. I got to do nothing but grill a little bit later. But if you want to lay here on the bathroom floor in the dark, I got no problem. I'll do it. I love you, you know, but uh, you know he can't talk and stuff, so he doesn't he doesn't respond. But regardless, you know, I put the offer on the table, so that's what uh, I did. I just kind of held on to him and and uh, rubbed his chest and stuff, and uh, I think that gave him some comfort. But again, I don't know, you know, I don't know if he's like, yeah, dude, I'd prefer if you didn't, you know. He can't. Uh, he also can't write, you know, so it's, or text. So it's it's you know. We're doing the best we can. So anyway, a bit of rain, but it's it's kind of subsided now. Uh, still some overcast activity going on. But I'm sure those diehard folks who want to go to Stampede are uh, indeed stampeding still. There's folks who, rain or shine, sleet, it doesn't matter. They're getting down there and they're getting their Stampede on. So I'm sure they're still going to do it. Uh, So, yeah, so that's uh, that's what's happening. Okay, let's set up this week's episode this week. We're going right back down deep into the comedy channel with my good buddy, Lamont Ferguson. Uh, Lamont's out of Long Beach, California, and I met him a bunch of years ago, probably at the comedy cave, if I do recall. And Lamont's one of those friends. Everyone has friends that kind of fit in certain categories, you know. People that you party with, people that you have deep conversations with, and you can you know check all the different categories and boxes, and we all have friends that we put in those boxes. Lamont, for me, is a friend that uh, I go deep into the craft of comedy with. We talk about jokes and how to structure them and why this one works and why that one didn't work and the state of comedy, and that's basically what this conversation uh, is is uh kind of the the nuts and bolts of what make up comedy and where the scene is at right now and where we think it's heading um i think we also talk a little bit of politics uh you know I, as a canadian speaking to someone who's you know um an american and, and spends the majority of their time in america i kind of wanted to pick his brain about where he felt you know his country was right now and so we go down that uh that road a little bit but for the most part it's kind of comedy and where it's at and uh, it was a fun one. It was great to see him every time he's in town. I try and try and hook up with him and and do some lunch or coffee or whatever. And uh, I was glad he had enough time to, to be a guest on the podcast because he's a, he's a smart dude. And uh, I like the way he kind of approaches comedy and that kind of precision and um, the technical mm, mindset he has with regards to structuring an act or jokes. And uh, he's been giving me some great tags over the years for jokes that I was doing. And thought oh this line could really help you or have your thought about saying it this way and uh he's a really good third eye to kind of have um out and about when you're when you're doing your stuff so uh, it's been really good in that regard so yeah i think if you're a real comedy junkie and you love uh, knowing the, the process of of stand-up comedy and what it's like inside that world and this is the amazing episode for you so have a listen to my conversation with my good buddy mr lamont ferguson know how it works. Um Are you on part of is this part of a run now for you or no? Or you, no, this is just this? You're just doing this and then back yeah, to I Cali. Back. I gotta tell you, man. <clears throat> we started, by the way. Uh I uh I do another unopened an on its on its own, so don't worry about it. A lot of people are like, what's what's happening? Is he is it what? I thought we were just rambling. And that's been the podcast this week. <laughs> oh, wow. That was
1: that was uh, very, very quick. He asked nothing. It's amazing.
0: Uh I had a guy's trip in San Diego when did I went? I went in, uh, April. Yeah. Every time I go that area, I'm like, I need, I think I need to live here for uh, for part (laughs) of the year. Like it's stunning. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely stunning. Like I just, Oh, I, yeah, I'm going to have to, uh, At some point, get a place. Maybe (laughs) just live live down there somewhere where I'm like, hey, you'll just be hearing from me all the time. Like, you're here again. Yeah, come on down. Um, How are you been, man? What's been going on with you? What's what's? i have been all
1: right. Um, Not really doing a lot of work. The beginning of the year, I started cruise stuff. Okay, so that was the first time of uh, into that, uh, uh, for into that adventure of uh, cruise ships. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was pretty good. Uh, until I got fired. So, that's, you, uh, really, so that's how that worked. Did you really? Yeah, you Yeah. 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 <laughs> Do you want to of share? All, of all people. That's the thing about it. Because when I say that, people go, you, you, you of all people. Like everyone I thinks, don't. oh, you're perfect for the cruise ship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it wasn't anything that I did per se, because of the fact it was just a, a personal. So anyway, so I got into these cruises uh, in January, and uh, there's no information. I don't know if it was just the agency I was working with, but there's just no information. Like, all right, we're going to have you on the cruise, and uh, this is the plane ticket. You're going to fly out a day early. Uh, keep your receipts because the the cruise line will take care of everything from the time you leave your house. Uh, till you get on the, So everything is taken care of and that type of stuff, and uh, it'll be great, and uh, have fun. Nothing is told. That's about it. So you get out, you fly out, you get there, and then uh, you got to you know, get to the ship and stuff. And then the second you're on the ship, you were hit with just a mass of just information and stuff. You're like, oh, wow. half of this stuff could have been told to me three <laughs> weeks ago when you told me that I was going to have to be on this thing. So you get out. You know, for, it was a Norwegian cruise line, and uh, it was seven days uh, in the Caribbean is what it was. So it was pretty decent and uh I guess the way that it's broken down is some ships have comedy clubs. Yep. And uh some ships just have theaters. So the first one I was on was a comedy club. Yep. So you go out, you just kinda do, you know, forty minutes or something like that. Uh there's a handful of shows, not too many shows, but you're you're working, you know, pretty much you have like two days off Uh, Out of those those uh, seven days, and stuff. But uh, yeah, just all this information of all right, you got to be here for the safety drill, and you got to make sure you have this, and you have that. (laughs) And then the guy goes, hey, you know where I ninety five is? I ninety five is the corridor underneath the ship, so they treat it like it's a highway. That's a thoroughfare where uh, crew members, if you want to get from one end to the other and not walk on deck and with passengers, you go under. you use the term, I don't know. I no, no, I don't know what this is. So, yeah, I-95. You were just hit with everything once you get on there. Oh, wow. So the, the thing that got me uh, uh, booted from the ship was, uh, so I'm on my fourth ship, or third ship, fourth cruise. So it was uh, in April. It's Cuba. And that's exciting for Americans because we're not allowed. So, right. yeah, so we go there. Go to Cuba. It's four. It was supposed to be uh, eleven days, four days in Cuba, which included an overnight. So there you get to Cuba and you just the ship just docks and you're just there for two days, and then uh, uh, then they leave. You know to the next. So you're doing that. It was three days Caribbean, then it was another four days in Cuba. So on the first thing of Cuba, I'm there, and you know I, I'm I'm I pretty much think I got it down. It's a theater. I know how the show is. I figured out how to do the show uh, because now I've broken it down. You did the uh, the the valentine stuff so i took like the animation i would do for the valentine's day show yeah. and i put that up front because it's just you right. so i've treated this now as my own opener right okay. so now they, they'll watch mm-hmm. a four minute cartoon uh, of animation that's just jokes just street jokes type of stuff and that gets them laughing then i come out and then i'll do a couple of news jokes with the powerpoint and then just do the set Oh, it works cool. out perfect everything works out so uh, one of the nights uh they asked me to do a Judging for Dancing with the Stars, they have a contest where they take a dancer from the ship and then a regular person, the uh, passenger, and they want you to judge that and be like one of the judges. And you just make funny. It's actually a fun thing to do. Yeah. Uh, but they wanted me to do it right before my show in the theater. It's the late show where you could just say whatever you want to, and it's very popular because people are tired of, you know, they 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 enjoy the family shows. There's no kids at them. The ones I was on, but. They're adults. We'd like to hear just language. We like to hear just jokes, of them. so it's it's going to be packed. It's going to be 500 people there and stuff. So they see this thing first, and I'm judging. And one guy, it was a black guy. He was dancing songs. He had no idea. He'd never heard these songs before. (laughs) And I told him, I said, "Man, it looks like you never heard these songs before (laughs) in your life." Go. There was one point, you just started working out. It wasn't dancing. You just started working out. And I said, uh, I said, you just look at you were. Working out, working your ass off. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the girl comes over, note in my face, don't, don't use profanity. Can't use profanity. And I, and I had to think. I'm like, what? What <laughs> profanity? Go, oh, ass? Ass. Oh, okay. So I'm looking yeah. at all the stuff that takes place. And they starting to bother me because now I'm stressed about getting to the show. This thing is running late and stuff. And now you're bothering me because when they introduce the dancers, they go, here comes this dancer. The dancer comes out, jumps on the chair in front of a, a passenger and just starts thrusting his hips into the passenger's face. You <laughs> didn't ask for that. And that's it. and I'm like, "Ass, I'm the, I'm the problem? Because I said, wow. so we go to the show. Everything finishes fine. People get up and immediately head to the theater. I'm in line with them. I can't get past them. I'm in line of a line of people to see me is what's going on. Hey, he was playing tonight. I heard he's pretty good. Yeah, I've seen him five times myself. You're just pumping your own tires in the lineup. So I finally, I get in there. I can hear on the headset this girl is going crazy. Is he here yet? Is he ready? Is he? And I'm like, oh, my God. You, did you not know what just took? So we get everything set up. I get the thing, the laptop set up because I'm going to do the music and the clothes. Everything's fine. And then uh, I go out. They don't make an announcement that it's the adult show, which they have on every other ship that I've done. And so I said, uh, I go, yeah, I thought they were going to make an announcement. This is the adult show, just so you guys know. Uh, Ahead of time, I go, I'm really confused by what the family friendly thing means on this on Norwegian in the first place. Uh, I said, uh, that girl in the in the dance contest, she was getting thrusted into, you know, the pelvis thrusted into her. I go, I watched the sexy legs contest earlier in the day. It's men being judged by women. I'm going, like, all three of those females are pregnant. I'm pretty sure that I go, they handed me a note for saying ass. I'm the problem with that because I said ass, finished the show next morning. Got an email from my agency. Yeah, they're cutting your uh, they're cutting your contract short. You're you'll leave the ship when you get back to Miami. No way.
0: Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Oh man. I've heard stories, dude. I've heard that some of them are pretty it's pretty boot like boot camp like and I had an offer or two and I thought I don't know if I would fit well in that in that confinement, yeah. you know? Yeah. I know the money's great, and you've seen a bit of the world, and part of that appeals to me. But yeah, that very thing.
1: Well, that's what I thought because I, uh, you know, I put them off for years, yeah. for almost a de- over a decade. They asked me, you know, people were asking me, "Hey, can you do it?" And I go, "I don't think that I'm fit." And they, this was the one coming into this one. The guy goes, "No, they've changed. They've changed. They are a little bit more, it's, uh, you know, because of the comedy club atmosphere and stuff like that." So I was like, "Okay, fine." And uh, I went and did it, and it was fine. Everything was fine. Everything up was fine. I did nothing different on that show than I had done any other shows. This was just that girl, this millennial girl, yeah. got a little upset because – and it's funny because I didn't mention that it was her. I just said somebody – had, right. and she knew it was her. She got her And backup. she got a little upset because, like, oh, my goodness, he's talking about men, and then that's what it was. So
0: Yeah, just that con- – it's like – I don't know. I feel – That's for me as a comedian, like, I've always thought about that. Like, we we are the outsiders. Like, that's what we do. We comment on society. And we're – so when you put us in certain environments and try and we become the Robaxo set, man, where there's we're on strings now and we can't do whatever, it just feels – I had to do a corporate show once where they wanted my act typed out word for word. And because it was big money, I was like, all right, I'll do it. And then, of course, I get up there. I don't know about you. I know what you're like, too. I get up there, and what I gave you is fine. Yeah. But I'm going to be all over the map. I'm going to go with whatever I feel like and in the moment. So she's back there just turning pages as quickly as she can, trying to find (laughs) the bits. Like, where is he? uh, He wasn't supposed to. He's supposed (sighs) to do the one about the dog next. (laughs) She was losing her mind. Oh, wow. And I'm like. This is not what I got into this for. I didn't get into this so someone could sit in the back of the room and go, "Mm -mm, mm-mm, Dairy Queen, you're supposed to do Dairy Queen.
1: (laughs) She walks up. I think you're lost. Um, (laughs) Did you read the book? Did you need the book with you up here? I have my own copy. So here's yours. Here's a laminated copy of your own act that you wrote out.
0: And I was like, never again. If they want me to do what I want to do, like how I want to do it, then that's fine. But if you want to put me on some type of, oh, could he dance like this? I can't
1: do it. I just, I just, I would feel dirty afterwards. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's, yeah. And it's weird because I, I, I didn't know what took place. I didn't, I was like, yeah, this doesn't seem right. So I asked my agency. And I go, did I do something wrong? And uh, they go, we don't know. We don't. Know. So then I even talked to that girl. Now, I, I wasn't even thinking of anything. Yeah. I said, uh, I go, well, so what are the procedures on me leaving? And she goes, what? And I said, yeah, because I just got an email saying I have to, I have to leave uh, you know, when we get back to port. And then she acted really surprised, mm. and then that started going. I go, nah, come on. This is the only the only person it could have come from was you. Yeah. the only person it would have come from. And then she came back to my cabin and said, Well, yeah, I just all it said was your information on how to. And then she gave me a bunch. She goes, maybe. It could be that they're overbooked. I've seen that sometimes where they don't have a cabin for the comic and stuff, and I'm just like no, could come be the on, email girl. that I sent that I yeah, want exactly. you off the ship immediately. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. it could be that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and I send an email. I go. I started thinking about it, and I sent an email to the manager and to the uh, uh, thing and saying, "Look, if you need me to apologize to them, I go." But this is exactly verbatim what took place. Right, and uh, and they go, "No, nah, don't worry about it. Uh, we'll just wait and uh, just resubmit." And I am like, "Okay, well." You didn't give me a time frame, so I'm just sitting at home, yeah. not doing anything, <laughs> waiting for you to to wait for things to cool down. I'm like, for what to cool down? And now you're waiting. You just make me look guilty is yeah, all yeah. it is when I didn't do anything. Right. Know? True. I think they have to have a cruise line where
0: it's an adult cruise. So oh, yeah. it's, it's adult comedy. It's like this is what's going on. The comics are booked. It's like right. these are what they do. Just do your act. Everyone's cool with it. And we we live like adults. We don't have to have this, you know, PC, politically correct. I've heard other comics get pulled aside by the cruise director going, oh, yeah, uh, people like more boat jokes. (laughs) Uh, More. Wow. More boat humor, you know, uh, the buffet. And uh, you got anything like that? People like Uh, so now you're writing on the ship about the ship. ship, Because someone who's never done comedy ever in their
1: life is going to tell you what the audience wants. It's
0: like everything is wrong about this formula.
1: The uh, the cruise director on that last ship that I was on, uh, just everything weird. When you think back on it, everything was weird in the first place. I'm like this guy. He did so much time. So my, oh. I've never, I, I was like, yeah, this guy wants to be a performer so badly. Mm-hmm. And yet it's probably more money to be at the cruise director. So therefore that's what he decided to do. He was doing, I even said it on that thing. Like maybe I don't know if he heard it cause he was never at the show, but I said, I go, your cruise director that came out, you're, you're talking, you're blaming me for saying, ass for fans, fans. I go, that guy did everything that is a don't in an HR meeting. <laughs> that's what that guy said. <laughs> And, well, you know, I yeah, got guys. Guys.
0: he's selling merch after the show. He's like, <laughs> yeah, really.
1: That's the to Why is yeah. he?
0: Yeah. You guys probably remember me from that line I used there early yeah. in the introduction. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> how many corporate shows have you been to? I've been in a bunch where the person who was introducing me. Was kind of resentful that they'd taken the money and hired a comedian. <laughs> oh yeah, cause he thinks he's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. oh really? I wasn't good enough. We gotta hire this schmutz. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh whatever, Trevor. Uh Trent. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll bring you up there. You could tell there's already oh, animosity. Yeah. I'm like, yep. I literally just got here. Yeah. I don't know you. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I'll bring you up there. Uh, yeah. What do you do with the old? I have one guy critique my cr- like my credits. He was like, Oh, because I, wow. I, you know, I have worked with this person. He's I've like, never heard of that guy. Anyway, like. Oh, my just read the sheet, man. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. You want to go be a comic? Go hit the road. Yeah, earn your stripes. Come back here in ten years and do this thing. Yeah, but I've been hired. Yeah. You know, but it was like that. I'm like, What's what the name?
1: Yeah. <laughs> the worst thing. Yeah. So yeah, weird. Yeah, this weird. Uh, this guy he introduces himself. He goes, "Hi, I'm Philly Joel," and that already rubbed me the wrong way. I'm okay. like, seriously, you just gave me your stage cruise name, is oh, what it is, okay. Philly Joel. Okay, well, oh, yeah. that, what, what's your real name? I don't, I, I don't have time for this. And you're right. Looking back now,
0: <laughs> so many red flags yeah, when you were yeah, there. Exactly. You're like, how did I yeah. not see it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Philly Joel. Okay,
0: buddy. All right, buddy. I'll take over from here. Thanks very much, sir. <laughs> okay, here's my act, fully written out. Won't matter. I'm not going to follow it. And uh, I wrote it out in French. Here's I some, hope you can read French. Here's
1: some reading material for you. It <laughs> you pertains go. to nothing, but you can just
0: read it. Here's some half-baked premises I've been working on. You won't know the difference until I'm just about finished. But anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, dude, it's, it's a different world. I pulled back from the corporate world quite a bit over the last bunch of years for that very reason of – I don't know, I just got back to this point in my life where I was like, how do I want to feel? Like, how do I want to leave an engagement or a show? I want to leave feeling good, and yeah. then I did what I wanted to do. And then you get to a point where you're like, well, that is a lot of money. And, yeah, uh, yeah. you yeah. know, you're like, well, for an hour of my time to go. So you always have that balancing act, but it, they can be soul-destroying, yeah. Yeah. you know, where you're just like, oh, my Lord, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, how are you and your act getting along right now? Are you and your act on speaking terms? Or are, you, are you copacetic?
1: Uh, it's the, it's the building of the new hour after doing the special, uh, what in January of, of 2017. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things where it's coming along, you know, uh, you, there's nothing you, you can't work on it on the cruises. Yeah. So now this is kind of my first opportunity of, of being for the two weeks of uh, just kind of plugging and seeing how it's going and then it's a point where you're just trying to find out what is the direction of it yeah what exactly is the direction you know you'll have new jokes here and there and stuff uh but what exactly is the center and the focal point of it so for for the most part it's coming along yeah it, it is coming along so uh It is such a weird. I'm so tired of uh, the other thing (laughs) because, you know, when you go, oh, no, I don't want to do this. These jokes I I don't want to do anymore. You You feel
0: it inside. That's a back to that feeling thing, too, of, oh, man, I can't say this again. Like, I literally don't even. There's no emotion in it. Yeah. I'm literally just saying the words. And I'm like, this feels bad. It feels bad to say. Um And and then you get new things, and you're really, really excited about them. I want to get back to the special. So where did yeah, you yeah. record the special?
1: Was at Carlsbad at the theater. Oh, cool. Uh, That's a great then, little spot. And uh, did that there, and so everything went uh, Everything went well. I, I came back afterward and took a – you know, you take a break from it. Yeah. After a little while, then you take a look at it, and I go, okay. And, you know, after a while, you go, no, I guess it wasn't – because the second you're on stage, the second I finish uh, the second show, I was just like, yeah, this was a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> This was horrible. (laughs) You had all this time to prepare and nothing went right. This This is absolutely horrible. But uh, you take a step back and take a look and go, okay, yeah, it's not. It's all right.
0: It's It's so so much pressure because you, you know, when I I recorded one here in Calgary a few years ago and – you put so much thought in the venue and, like, you're getting camera people and then to decide the creative part of material, what to decide to perform on the night. Right. Then I sat with the editor to make all the edits afterwards and what camera shot to use. Right. Like, it's a lot of work. Oh, yeah. It really is. And you go, wow, I'm wearing all these hats. And at the end of the day, I, I, before I was just a comedian, now I'm, a, I'm executive producing this thing. I was a location scout. Mm-hmm. I was – so you really have a new appreciation for... When I watch specials now quite often, I'm like, oh, it's an interesting choice of lighting. That you yeah, use." yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah.
1: Like- yeah, that's the thing, is when you are doing it yourself, that's one of the things where you step back and I go yeah I won't do that again because yes. it's too much it's, it's what, a lot all you want to do is just worry about what's being done on that stage yep. that's it you just want to be able to go up on stage and do that you don't want to be focused on on all right all the tickets sold is everybody here that we had everything the lighting is how it's you know I just want to tell the jokes is <laughs> really all you want to do
0: it's so funny because I I often have this conversation with people who are not that I know well who want to come to the shows They think because you've been doing it a long time that there's no stress anymore, that there's no worry anymore. But you're right, worrying about ticket sales and where are we right now and a month out and three months out and Mm -hmm. all those things. And you pay so much money to rent venues and you got to sell so many tickets just to get your money back. You hired this crew. And then, you know, I'll get a text the night of the show and someone's like, uh, someone who's bought a ticket's like, what time are you on? (laughs) And I'm like, here's what I've been doing for the last year. (laughs) Hitting the road, working on this thing, trying to get it polished. And then I had to do all this stuff production-wise. And you're around the corner probably at a pub. And you're like, what's the last possible moment I can walk in there? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, why don't you just come for the start of the show? Like it says on the ticket or the website. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Can you do that? Yeah. You, you know, There's but, a
1: list of information <laughs> that all say the same thing. <laughs> the show starts at this time.
0: They're just like, yeah, if you could just text me just as you're about to go on, I'll yeah. blow through the doors then and grab my seat.
1: <laughs> like, yeah.
0: I'm just like, just come on in. like yeah. Enjoy the night. But, oh, God, it's it's so much. And that's why, the very, the very reason that that stress exists for people who are doing their own thing is why people stay on the comedy club circuit their entire career, I think. Right. Because you don't. The rest of it's just show up, do your show thing. Show up, and do leave. your thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah,
1: that's uh, also uh, because it becomes frustrating when you walk into a comedy club. Now you're seeing everything. It is like uh, you have taken the pill from Neo uh, from from Morpheus, and you're like, yeah, I see everything that's going on here. Yeah. And then uh, you're that's like, wrong. yeah, I liked it better when I just showed up and yeah. just do the jokes. <laughs> I know yeah.
0: when you just didn't care. Well, yeah. there's some uh, there's some credence I think too. When I first started comedy, people would say, oh, this is the best time when you first start. I never believed it because I wasn't making any money and whatever. Yeah. But that innocence of just, yeah, I just show up and things come out of my mouth and I yeah. leave. And you had no gauge as to what was good or right. bad or what the business side was. That innocence, when you think back now, you're like, yeah, that was a fun time. Yeah,
1: oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely.
0: You're not crunching numbers in your head while you're looking at the seats here tonight going, all right, so that's $10, that's $10, <laughs> that guy paid 10 that guy paid 10 so... <laughs> Yep. Every yeah. aspiring comic gets to start doing math and accounting in their head. Like, <laughs> I was talking to a band once, and they said the same thing. They said they were up there in the middle of a song, and he goes, "I can remember thinking yeah take care of tonight.' Is probably about like he said. really oh, yeah. yeah. He was doing like, yeah, it'll be a pretty good check, I think, by the time we all sit down. <laughs> half the <a> door, <laughs> and looks like we're at the chorus. Okay, now. Uh-
1: <laughs> oh
0: god, that's what I mean. That business side just kind of. Just kind of creeps in, you know? So so how long now? You've been a comedian how many years?
1: It'll be 36 in November.
0: 36 years. I'm yeah. envious of that because I still feel like my best work is ahead of me, and I yeah. feel every year I'm like, man, look how much I still don't know. Look how much I still have. Do you still feel that at your age? Well, 36? you know what?
1: I had this thing when I kind of first, uh, first started making money, so let's say around the 8 to 10-year mark of uh, – I would always, at the end of the year, take an honest assessment of what it is I was doing, and uh, the whole thing was: if you were not better than you were at the beginning of the year, then you have to walk away. Simple as that. Yeah. And every year that takes place, and every year that's one, it's a, it's a uh, impetus for actually being better because I've stuck to this rule, and I actually do have to walk away. Yeah, uh, but it also. It keeps you. It keeps you honest. It keeps you looking at it, going, "Okay, yeah, this is better." This, you know, the thing about going back to the special uh, thing—that's another frustrating thing because there have been times I've looked for clips to use as commercials to promote for the special, and I and I think in my head, I go, "Yeah, I'd be able to do this and that and that," and then I realize, "Oh no, I wrote that after the special. Uh... I wrote a tag or a lead-in to that particular joke that was in the special." After the special, right? I'm like, so why'd you do that? You could have waited. You had the the jokes <laughs> perfect. Now, now it's perfect. Exactly. But yeah, yeah, that's so true.
0: I mean, that's the curse of the comedian, right? Like, if I just given that another three months, I've got this <laughs> brand new angle, and then you go back and look at the old version of it, you're like, that's literally just the start of it. <laughs> yeah. What was I doing? But you have to, you have to capture it at some point. Yeah. You know, um, there's a big debate now, and I want to know your thoughts on it. Where, peep, this whole. You know, system now of people putting out hour specials, hour specials. Yeah. Some are doing it every year, year mm-hmm. and a half. And I think people like Seinfeld are saying, "I don't think it's enough time. I don't think it's enough time to get something polished, to get something fine tuned. You yeah. almost need more time." And what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's it's coming too too fast, too soon? Yeah, I people? think that
1: you do need more time to get. I mean, if you get, if you you have to look at the way the special is, and just in the the whole uh, the word itself, special, you want it special. You do want it to be special. So, but the idea of just promoting it, uh, and putting it out there just because, Hey, I need to have something new for this, this never ending hunger (laughs) that (laughs) this, this fan base or whatever it is that has that that wants to see you kind of do need it. You know, one of the things about it and people don't realize this, if you look back at George Carlin specials, he repeats stuff. Not often. There's stuff where he said one, in one special to the next special, the same jokes are in those specials. Oh, yeah? And people don't realize that. People like, oh, oh. Andy, he just keeps cranking it out. But I've looked at it. I've watched it. You know, like I worked with him right before his last special and stuff. And there was nothing repeated in there. But I looked at a whole bunch of specials in a row. And there's stuff that he does repeat yeah. within the specials. So even Carlin, who's the guy who you Which, thought of, you know, would still prolific, yeah. have stuff that is... Uh, <clears throat> repetitive within the the special so yeah yeah i think he's right you just you need more time to be able to do it the the thing about what the special should generate is it should generate a a better interest in comedy itself i think we've had this discussion before the idea that comedy club should be saying is there is nothing like a live stand-up comedy performance Mm-hmm. And that's what they should be getting out of it. That's it. Hey, you like it? Just like Netflix. You like this person, then maybe you'll like this person that you've never heard of. Right. There is nothing like that experience. What uh, comedy clubs do now, because they're lazy, uh, they go, that person will be a fan of that person. And so we're just going to bring that person in. What they should be doing is creating fans of comedy. And right. And they're not. Right They're Just creating fans of that person or catering to the fans of that one particular person, yeah, Like have fans of comedy yeah, that 's yeah. where you start, and then you 'll have people in your room you know
0: I, like yeah I, I said this to other people before too, like when you think about you know because we 've been in it for a while, it, you think about the folks who still have not been to a live comedy show
1: oh yeah like I'm amazed oh i 'm amazed, I find them at every single show. every week every every week, or just about every show yeah, yeah,
0: never been it 's like well, you have three full time comedy clubs here in this city, open mics all over the place uh, the world's best headliners are coming through here, playing all the theaters here or yeah. the saddle dome. Oh, it's yeah. like, how have you never been to a show? So it's still a medium. I think that some people are afraid to go to. Yeah. I don't know if that's a fear of being destroyed by the comedian or having to sit up front and all, you know, but it's, it's a weird thing that I think, wow, you've waited this long. I mean, I, I'm talking people like yeah. in their mid forties. Yeah. 50, oh yeah. Yeah. First time ever. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah
1: not kids. You're right. Just yeah. Yeah, middle-aged adults who have not been, uh, a lot of times I blame the industry. I blame the industry itself. The industry itself is just lazy. That just, you know, in the '80s during the boom, all you had to do was open up the door and just have comedy, and people would show up. But when the the bust took place, those people had to be more creative. But those people didn't have the tools to be creative because all they did was open up a room Right. and then now you have to actually market. And so they had none of that. They didn't know how to do that. Yeah. And it just kept going and going and they just kind of let it go. And, oh, uh, well, you know, people aren't coming, you know, that type of deal. Uh, but comedy should be on the minds of people when they decide, let's go do something. It's not. It's an afterthought. It may take the one person who's been to a show to say, they go, hey, we're we going to go. What are we going to do? Well, we can go to a movie or we can go to a, bar or something like and then someone maybe someone will go well there's comedy and they go oh yeah yeah right. there's comedy comedy should have been movies movies and comedy that's how it should have been they yeah. missed the, They missed that window
0: <clears throat> yeah I think you're right it's not on the forefront of people's minds as an option Um and and I think too now in a way comedy's been f- you know flooding in, in terms of like Netflix specials and all those things so there's more access to stand up than there's right. ever been but also and I, I think they almost juxtapose each other. You now are, a, a live comedy show is competing with so many other things to get people's oh, yeah. time. Yep. You know, it's, you're not just competing with the club down the street, you're competing with people's cell phones and on demand television and Netflix. Right. And we're going to go to the park. And especially here in Canada, where it's six months of uh, winter, yeah. yep. it's like, well, now it's summer. So, outside, we're going outside. Do I yeah. want to go in a dark room and sit and <laughs> yeah. listen? So, you know, there's all these things that I think you're right. The bar has to be raised in terms of, Reaching out
1: to get people into your rooms. Well, part of it is how they reach out. And uh, in the early years, I was saying this probably in the 90s, and uh, every owner always had the same thought too expensive to it. You know, there's times where you have to suck it up. I said, You need to go to television. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Comedy clubs need to go to television. How is it that you avoid that market? of advertising of television because you can't say that it's going away because you know what it hasn't gone away newspapers have gone away yeah but television has not gone it's away still there and to be able to, for people to see how much fun it is that's what will stick in their head, and they're constantly, well, it's too expensive, too expensive, too expensive. Like, there's a point where you got to – What's more expensive, you closing up shop, yeah, <laughs> you know, or the yeah, exactly. fact of you yeah. actually trying to get, put people yeah. in the seats, or do
0: you want folks in here? And marketing is tough because, again, doing your own special, you would know this. It's like, where do you spend your marketing dollars, yeah. and trying to figure out where you get the most bang for your buck? And I think you're right. Some some clubs are kind of like, well, we've got a sign outside, so oh, people yeah. are going to drive, but we got a website. It's like. Yeah, but you be—you got to put yourself front and center in front yeah. of people's attention span. And they've got to see that. Not only, they've got to see it over and over and over again before it actually oh, yeah. right registers
1: as, man,
0: I drove by this thing the other day. We should go see, yeah. you know?
1: You know what industry was, uh, was great at doing that? Video games. Mm. Remember there was a time where video games were just known by people that played video games. Then all of a sudden, I don't even know when it was, all of a sudden out of nowhere, you're watching television and you're like, is this a movie? What? <laughs> oh, no. It is a trailer for a video game. Are <laughs> so you kidding true. me? Yeah, and then video games went, boom. See, yeah. movies way behind video games now. Yeah, you're They're right. Like, boom, gone. Yeah.
0: Yeah, who, you're right. Who would have thought there would be commercials <laughs> for a video game? You're like, yeah. is this? What series is this? Yeah. This is a game I can play? <laughs> yep. And how many people did they get to come over to that oh, side yeah. and go, because video games have changed quite yeah. a bit, obviously, in the last 10, 15, 20 years. Yep. It's like, they do look like movies now. Yep. Like, this is as real as it gets. But they've stepped out of that bound. I was thinking that, too, when I go, man, Coca-Cola still does commercials. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if Coke thinks they (laughs) uh, not enough people know about us, (laughs) clearly maybe you (laughs) can put something out there in the world to let people know you exist. And I heard that quote once. It's like, you're not worried about flooding the market. You're worried about trying to avoid anonymity. Oh, yeah. I think that's true for for comedians and I think for comedy clubs. It's like – You want everybody to know who the hell you are. They're not all going to come anyway. Right. So you might as well let everyone know and then let the people who are interested come to the show and and check it out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think if Coke and video games are doing it, maybe (laughs) other folks can do it. So you, as an American now, you spend so much time in Canada every year. And I got to tell you, man, and I'm sure you know this, but, like, as Canadians kind of just sitting back and watching how everything is unfolding down there. We go and I, you know, I know lots of Americans, and I have friends who are Canadian who are living in America. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if you haven't spent time in the United States, and you th- and you're just looking at it through your television, you're yeah. like, it just must be just it's war torn and <laughs> cars tipped over <laughs> yeah. and it's just yeah, fire and people chaos. You know what I mean? Absolutely yeah. chaos. And then you go down there, and of course, of course, it's not that way. But it's like. What You know as someone who travels quite a bit like you do what what's your vibe right now as an, as an american citizen what do you How do you feel about where things are or where things are headed like what do you, What are your thoughts on that
1: uh It's weird because of the fact that uh probably since the beginning of this year. One, one, when you're on the ship, you don't really have access to they, they have television that's on there, but you just try not to pay attention. And that's what I've done. I've just not paid attention to news. Yep. And if you don't pay attention to news, then everything seems to be okay. The perspective is very different because I've been here for a little bit over a week, and uh, there's no television in the house over there. So <laughs> you're busy. You're All you're doing is either seeing social media feeds or something like that or friends, or talking to friends. And like you say, the perspective from them to to without seeing anything is like, you, you just stay up there just stay <laughs> don't don't even come back it is bedlam here you got to stay up there and stuff my thought was that uh, i was here in canada when the election took place yep i was in kingston and it was just somber that next night at the show was just somber just yeah. people like what's gonna happen so i was leading up to the election having a feeling that trump might win because basically on the idea that uh that undecided thing was crazy because yeah. there's no two people that were so diametrically opposed that somebody's go yeah I don't know I don't mm, know so which tough. one you know yeah I don't I have no idea <laughs> like yeah you know you just don't want to say yeah so undecided meant Trump so I was like yeah this guy so I started rationalizing to go I think we could make it through a Trump presidency it's four years first year nothing happens walking around celebrating he's president second and third year are the tough years fourth year. Re-election year, lame duck, period. All right, so he make it through. But then he just uh, he amped it up he in these the second running. and third years. <laughs> the guy's like, yeah, he probably hit. Yeah, Lamont's got a point. I'm going to ramp this thing up. I heard what you said. <laughs> i got to bring my A game coming out the gate. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's It's weird that it's so divisive. It's weird mm. that, especially in the States, there's this whole idea that, yeah, don't do political stuff because it, you know, it alienates half the... Right. Yeah, like that used to be the thing where you could just go up and talk and people... And then I started realizing it, because even on the ship, they said, uh, uh, they didn't tell you not to, but I'm asking because, again, no information. I said, do they do political stuff here? And the girl goes, no, comics tend to steer near uh, away from it. And uh, she goes, also, and they don't do Trump stuff because most of the people on the ship are Trump supporters. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I would go up and tell them I had that conversation, <laughs> and here are my Trump jokes. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. I and think so- I see
0: why you left the ship, Lamont. <laughs> Now that everything is starting to shake down, I I think the email that you wrote was rather long. I specifically told him, no one does these things, and he went up there. Yeah. But the
1: angle is uh, this. Um, Let's say when W was president, and it was a little crazy, too. Yeah. Uh, But people would make fun of W. Comics would make fun of W. So people who were supporters of him didn't feel like they were attacked. Here's what happens now. People make fun of those Trump voters. That's why there's so much divisiveness. Right. That's why comics are the, – the crowd is so ragey you know, and you incite them and stuff like that because people are feeling free even if you're not a com- – the Trump voters are idiots. Like once you attack a person, yep. then that becomes defensive and that's what leads to it. So it's a point where this is where we are right now. It's that whole your side versus my side because you're an idiot type right. of deal as opposed to the politics and – I don't know. I, don't, uh, I think that dude's going to win four more years. You I'll think tell so? You that. Okay. Yep. Because no one, who's going to beat him? Right. There's no personality on that other side who's going to step up. Trump changed the game of politics like no one else. He was one debate short of turning that into a Yamama contest, yeah. is what it was. <laughs> and was wait- <laughs> nobody cared. I was waiting for Nick Cannon
0: to just come out and go, all right, we got it. Everyone's just standing around in a circle <laughs> like this
1: Trump to the U.S.
0: We're wild now.
1: Wild now. Oh,
0: you didn't say that. As you're right it was not far off that yeah. and so i think and some people don't agree with me because they think oh we got to take the high road i think i think the democrats if they want to get out, get rid of him you're going to have to have someone who's going to sling some mud too yes exactly going, i'm not just going to stand here and smile while you insult me nope i'm going to fire it right back at you
1: you I'm have gonna get to get back
0: to the politics but i'm gonna have to go in the mud with this yeah. guy
1: and swing a little bit and that's why i think that he's going to win again because i think they are going to try and take the high road. They're yep. going to try and turn politics back. Well, we're going to do it. Th- okay, then you're going to get trounced again uh-huh. is what's going to happen. Exactly, yeah. yeah.
0: I think you're right, too. It's become such an emotional thing where now we're attacking people's intelligence, yep. their their morals, their yep. values. And that's, I mean, that's the core of people. The yep. sooner you say, like, you know, libtard or snowflake yeah. or the, the, polis- the politics doesn't even matter anymore. Nope. It's like, now you're attacking me as a mm-hmm. person and my yep. choices. And – uh I look at it as a Canadian, you know, the like outside. I look at it as America has a really bad flu right now. And you know when you get a flu, you get a bad fever, and it's yeah. like, you think you're going to die. You're yeah. yeah, like, I don't know if I'm getting out of this. Yeah. But then, you know, the fever breaks, yeah. and then you come out the other end, you're like, man, I'm feeling great. Whatever yeah. that was in the system, I'm hoping it's just a bad flu down yeah. there. And, uh, and that's uh, – because it's going to be interesting. You're right. You know, let's say he does get another four years. What comes after that? Right. So you're going to have this – And the irony of, I think, his whole concept of I'm going to drain the swamp is I think you are the swamp and you've brought the swamp in, and (laughs) you brought other swamp like people in (laughs) with you in the White House. And now it's like what I think is the good thing that has happened is it's put the whole political system under a microscope and gone, man, look at all the flaws and the holes and how someone can navigate all these little loopholes and it's, it puts it all under a microscope. Going, wow, we got to we got to change this whole system. Yep. This yep. whole thing has got to be, you know, the corruption, the the ability for someone to just come in and manipulate and, and yep. lie and all those things. I think that's what it's done. It's put all that on the table. Going, oh, whoa, you yeah. got to fix all this. Yeah, so, yeah, you know. And that's not even a Trump thing. That's a political system yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. You know? a
1: system thing. So. So he's almost a
0: symptom of the uh, of the <laughs> of the disease itself, I yeah. guess you'd say. But but yeah, that's what I think is going to be interesting is is what does come next, and I don't know what it is. Yeah,
1: everybody is uh, busy uh, uh, pretending that they're butt dialing Obama as a mistake. <laughs> that they, oh, I'm sorry did I did you call me? I'm just seeing if my phone <laughs> fa- are you. Hey, so what's up? What's up? You all right? You how cool? you doing? Good. <laughs> Hey, you can't uh, you can't go back.
0: That's a thing. Yeah, no, I, no I was Just hey, but I was in the neighborhood. I thought I'd swing yeah. by here. Just no, good catching uh... up with you. We should do something sometime. <laughs> we should get together. You know, that's hilarious. <laughs> so funny. Um, and you know, and the funny thing about it is, I don't know how you feel this about this as a comedian, but I feel like people need comedy now more than ever. Like I feel you're yeah. right. If you can come into a comedy club now, and you let someone who you don't know kind of process the world for you in a comedic way, I think it's never been so cathartic as yeah. it is right now. Yeah,
1: yeah. comedy is one of those things where it almost should be recession-proof because it's based on an emotion. And if you are every day where it's a recession, every day it's just downtrodden, at least you go to that one building where you feel good uh-huh. uh, for that brief moment of time. And, and that's you know how it kind of should be. And again, that's where, you know, like I said, comedy should market itself. To be that and just go, hey, this is a lift your spirits, this is just for a moment. Yeah, uh, it'll get us out of this thing. You know, maybe you'll e-. just for the fact that inside their homes, they're talking about the same stuff. If a comic is political, they're talking about the same stuff that that guy is talking about. At least then they can feel like, hey, it's not just in my house. Yes, it's uh, it's not just at my job. The other people are talking about this. This makes us all feel better, and then we can kind of make it through another week or so something yeah. like that you no know?
0: you're right yeah you're right there's a little it's a little life preserver to go hey man you're not alone right and we're exactly all, we're all
1: kind of in this together and we all feel the same
0: things yeah and the irony of that is you would you could be on either side of the fence but still be laughing next to someone who Exa- yep. doesn't have the same beliefs as you yep. at all but it's like wow we're all meeting at this point yeah in you know what i mean in time which i think is a pretty cool and powerful thing yeah um right now but I, I've, I've kind of thought about that myself as a comedian i go man like not to pat myself on the back, but just that the job of being a comedian, I don't know if it's ever been more important than it is right oh, now yeah. to kind of process this yeah. world. Um, what's your um, a material process? Like when you go, Hey, I got an idea. Uh, I'm going to take it to the stage. Do you do any actual pen to paper writing? Are you a guy who likes to just go up? I got a rough idea. What it
1: looks like. I'm going to go up and just kind of riff it out. What is that like? What I know works the best for me. Like if I have, have a, piece that I know okay this is going to be something this really is going to be something uh... actually I was talking to the the comic last night about it exactly the process of it uh... <clears throat> it's a lengthy bit I talk it out I talk it out uh... out loud I'll just go over it and over it and over it and then as you know the different ideas on the next time that I've spoken about it I'll do it it's just me in the house by myself just talking it out then I will write it. Okay. And it's always pen to paper. I, I don't even, it's not even typing on a computer. It's just hand pen to paper and write that thing out and then go up and do it because now I've talked it out so much I've got it memorized. Uh-huh. And then then it's a point of I'll write large and then it's just shrinking it down. So then it's, you know, once you do it, all right, let me trim this fat. Let me trim that fat. Let mm-hmm. me trim this and, the, and then that's how it uh, ends okay, up being cool. done. But yeah.
0: And I like that too because you've, the two different sides of your mind where you have just that creative free flow, right. letting it go, um, just running it over time and time again. Now sitting down is a kind of a more critical time right. where yeah. now it's a little bit more restrictive. Yeah. Uh, but you may find things there by looking at it optically yeah. and going, oh, okay, that word and that word is a connection there. Like I've had that too. Yeah. Um, do you record your set or you just kind of will you look back on it from performance uh, perspective?
1: I have a pretty decent memory. That I can remember verbatim what was said, even though the set is a lot of free flow, uh, I can know okay what it is you know if i if I want to to tape it i 'll go ahead and tape it, but most of the time i 'm just going off of mm-hmm. off of uh memory as to what was said, and it 's weird because it's always been the thing the The most intense I can concentrate is in a room full of noise, so after the show, I remember years, just sitting after a show, everything is going on around me, and I 'm sitting there writing out all the stuff that I said right. in the order that I said it. All the, you know There's sound, there's music, there's everything else. But I can find the concentration within all of that. Just to, is to block it all out and then just do it. It's weird because if there's nothing going on, then I get distracted. Yeah, yeah. Weird, eh? <laughs> yeah.
0: Your mind looks for something else to do. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm kind of a combination of both where I, I do do that riff thing. I will try and put bullet points or write it out a little longhand. And the same thing, getting it on stage and nothing more disappointing when you're like, no, I know this is something, but it's not something yet. Yeah. And you believe in it still. And so now it's a
1: rewrite. And, you know, like that. I'm working on a piece right now uh, because I'm trying to put together another late night set and I'm trying to figure it out. And there's this thing that I, I had years ago and I go, I think there's something there. I've told it like six different ways. Now, I've not sat and written it out. It's one of these things where I'm like, no, I think i got to talk and then write. As opposed to, you know, on stage, then write it, as opposed to write it and then do it. And the the premise is that I, uh, when I was like nine years old, I had a single accordion lesson. (laughs) Uh, And then, uh, so I would tell it different ways. I go, I "I took a single accordion lesson because the rest of the thing is that it was from a guy who was selling accordions door to door. So I would tell that. I would go, Hey, I took a single accordion from a guy selling and they would just sit and stare. And then then after I stumble, I go, Oh no, wait a minute. Let's break that up. Let's go. I took a single accordion lesson. And then the crowd kind of goes and then it stopped. And then you know, you kind of joke. I go, I go. You know what that means? When I was nine years old, I was the number one black accordion player <laughs> on the planet. Is what I was. And then you add the thing about saying, but it was given by a guy that was yeah. given door to door. Okay, now you have another area to go to. And so that's thicker piece. Yeah, it's just weird how it's just just that, just breaking up. But you know, yeah, like two months. I'm sitting there going. ah. Can't get this going I can't get this. I can't get I know a second. Wait a second. <laughs> it was so
0: funny because I, as I thought, you know, a single accordion lesson, I think I just learned how to push in. <laughs> we were going to get to the out part until it was just yeah, it's just yeah. all in for the first six weeks. And then the back six yeah, weeks, we actually yeah. have to show you how to pull it out. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> I
1: thought that is one. It's just crazy on the fact that that took place. And I said, uh, and the idea, you know, because that was a tough job back then, selling door-to-door. That's a, you know, It was an honest job, but that was a tough job for people to have back in the 70s. I said, uh, the fact that that dude went through with that pitch when he saw a black family live. Like, you should have just went, you know what, I'm sorry to bother you. I'm going to, I'll be next door. I'm sorry, sorry to bother you. Ding but on. he went through with it, and I go, my mom, even more kudos to her that she said, Well, if he's going to go through with the pitch, then come on out here and strap up. (laughs) I'm going to get my son an accordion. That's it. This is going down. That's
0: hilarious. That's so funny. You're right, too, because comedy, and it's funny because that's been coming up time and time again for me over the last couple of weeks, is getting back to detail. Like, Mm. how important, first of all, how quickly we can skip over detail to just get to the thing that we think is, oh, this is the real meat of it. You're like, no, no, no. Go back again and go you could break this up into two separate chunks. You can really flush out this first part about getting, getting the one lesson and now go back and go, how did you get the accordion? Like there's all the details. (laughs) Yeah. And I've always thought one of the best comedians for doing that for me was Gaffigan. Like Gaffigan is one of these things where give him something very mundane, like a camera bag. And he's going to find 10 minutes on camera bag. It's like just that, that ability to get caught in the minutia of things is so
1: important. You know who I, uh, who's very underrated and I always said this about this guy. I said, you know what? When that guy's done with a the bit, there is no more meat on that bone. <laughs> Gary Goldman. Yes. If you say, I'm like, holy crap. It's done. Once he is finished from beginning to end, there's nothing left on there. He covered everything there. Yeah,
0: <laughs> And that's, that's discipline and work ethic too yeah. because um, I realize too quite often, I think it's just the excitement of getting to the part that we think is really funny. Yeah. But what I've also learned is that Quite often, that part doesn't end up being the best part of the joke. That mm-hmm. ends up being an early part or a setup, right. yep. and you ended up going down this rabbit hole by really focusing on details yeah. that took you to some other amazing places yeah. that you never would have done so normally. You yeah. know, yeah, this true. But uh, but just that focus on detail, I think, is something I've tried to. to
1: uh, and I do you still enjoy the process of generating material? I do. I do enjoy. I enjoy the craft. Uh, uh, we've talked about this before. I've studied this since I was eight. Since I was eight years old, my mom took us to the library because it was free, you know, as a, as a, as a, uh, summer outing and stuff. You yeah. Know, Cause she would stay at home. My dad's at work. Uh, and so I started checking out this albums, this five, uh, album set of radio shows, comedy radio shows from the 1940s and fifties. Right. And I, I'm i I'm just listening and listening and hearing what it is that the words are that make this laughter take place. So I've always kept that. I've always kept that fascination of the science of the cr- of developing the craft. And uh, so, yeah, I'm still fascinated by it. It's a point where I always tell people, I uh, tell comics, I look at comedy the same way a fireman views fire. That you can understand every aspect of it, but you can never control it. Yeah. And that's how a fireman knows it. They go, look, I know everything about this, but I know I cannot control that flame.
0: Right. That's scent. a good way of looking at it, too. Yeah it kind of is its own thing you're trying to ride and control. But at the end of the day, the more you know, the better.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) yeah.
0: But uh, the other thing, too, and this came up in something I was reading the other day, is that to be somewhat efficient at something, you have to have a healthy obsession with it. Mm -hmm. And I feel the same way about comedy myself. Like, I wake up in the morning, there are ideas rattling around in there. I know I have to spend time with them at some point during the day. I can read anything about the craft and, like, the the nuts and bolts of comedy and joke writing like I still love that I think I love it more now than I did when I first started right. because I feel like you're always just peeling back more layers it's yeah. like I didn't know that that's something I'd like to try yeah I never looked at it that way yep. like to me that's that's where the growth is yeah. still
1: yeah I still enjoy watching I still enjoy you know I've seen you know 15 years ago they were like I can't watch this anymore and they yeah, get yeah. out of the room and watch. I can still watch it it makes me uncomfortable to watch somebody bomb yes like I don't take that pride in watching because I know what that feeling is Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but uh, uh, I can still watch the craft I enjoy watching it being performed because what it does is it either enforces reinforces something i already know yep or maybe on the off chance that something i didn't know good you know? point but uh, i i still love it still love watching it
0: and i think even when you're when you're watching comedy as a comedian that is still sharpening your brain oh yeah you know like you said it either validates what you already believe or you, you've been taught something else but also you're you're still thinking comedically like mm-hmm. i and i also watch structural things like How that person holds the microphone or (laughs) they chose to roam or not roam or the word choice they use there as opposed to what I probably would have Mm -hmm. used. I love doing that kind of deduction, too, uh, when I look at someone's look at someone's work. Um, And I think the greats now, whoever you consider the great, you know, a great comedian right now, Dave Chappelle, Mm -hmm. Bill Burr, um, whoever. I think they're judged now at a standard that's like, it's it's inc- it's crazy how high that standard is right, right now. Right, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's almost like they're putting out specials that are competing against their old work. Right. And now in cahoots with everything else that's out there, it's it's tough. Yeah. To impress.
1: Uh, who did I watch? I watched an interview yesterday. Uh, uh, Oprah. Oprah was, who was she talking to? She was ta- uh, the 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 Get Out director from Key and Peel. Oh, Peele, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Peele. Uh, She was saying, she goes, Michael Jackson, until the day he died, was always competing with Thriller. He goes, it didn't matter what he sold after that. Bad sold this many and that many. He said, she said, in his head, he was constantly competing with Thriller. Oh. That's the only thing that he was competing with was his own self. Yeah. Out with Thriller and stuff. So, yeah, there's a point where, yeah, these... Uh, with the specials, especially even fans, because fans can be, my goodness, they could be so brutal. They're the most brutal. Yeah. You know, they'll fans of this particular person, or they'll watch a Bill Burr special, they're fans of Bill Burr. And like, yeah, it wasn't as good as the last. Like, uh, I thought you liked this guy. No one asked you to be yeah. hypercritical of the guy that you like, you know. Yeah, type yeah. Of deal. Well, I've heard people talk about, I've heard musicians
0: talk about this. Like, when they put out an album, and it's a big commercial success, and people go, oh, my God, I love that album. And you go, you know, you you're two years older in your life. You created yep. a new album that kind of represents where you are now. People people don't realize that they're also two years older, and they're not they're different than they were when they heard the last album. The last album was about something different that right. resonated with you where you were in your yep. life, and now you've moved on. And this set of lyrics don't really you know hit yeah. you in the heart. It's like that's just the way life is. Right. It's like yeah. that person is not always going to be in tune exactly. with where you are in your life. So. Yeah. You know, I think Burr took a little bit of heat about the the last special that he put out. People were like, well, I didn't think it was his best or whatever. But I'm like, he's also going for things. He has his own goals he's yeah. trying to meet comedically yeah. and yeah. what topics he wants to talk about. Yeah. So you're always trying to balance those two things. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. It's a point where, yeah, I don't. it's weird that people can't look at it within its own parameters and not have the comparison. Like you said, just walk in. And it, it's almost a point where it's like, you don't get further. your friends. Right. <laughs> you know, you, know, you know what? You were... You were different a couple of years ago, and I don't know Uh, if you're just as good. You're not as much fun anymore. I like the old you. You Yeah, I I like the old you. You used to be in
0: archery. Remember when you were in archery? Oh, I loved archery, Mike. Archery, Mike, was just a fun guy. You don't yeah. archer anymore, huh? You yeah. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> <That's> so true. <laughs> we want things to stay the same. I think we want to know we laid something down. We can go away and come back and it's right where we right, thought it was. Yeah. And when, we, when the people that we really admire and the work that we really admire, when it changes, we're like, whoa, yeah. I, like the, I like the band better without the horns. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. well, I was at they, one of the greatest attributes to uh, to Neil Young, the singer songwriter, was at his record company. I go, Neil. Um, we don't know about this new sound he goes i don't give a shit like you know what i mean like (laughs) yeah i'm gonna put out the work i want to put out and people who dig it dig it and guess what in two years time there's another album coming i have no idea what that's gonna sound like either yeah so i think as an artist it's like you have to make those choices yeah and recognizing there's a business side to it and you have to eat and all those things but at the end of the day you want to make the work you want to make right yeah you know yeah
1: there's nothing like it goes back to like you're saying the corporate stuff where you now you're doing the stuff that they want you to do, or the stuff that is pleasing, you know. And then you just become an artist that's on autopilot. Yeah, I know they'll like this. Yeah. And then we're you know on our way. It's interesting too, as we were talking about the obsession part of it, and still loving
0: the craft and nuts and bolts of it. We I got in a big discussion the other night at uh, at a comedy club with some other comedians, and we and we talked about. I don't know if a lot of comedians, when they're coming into this, realize that the learning process is. Is ongoing because what I find now, comparison, and I'm, I don't want to sound like the old guy. Like back when I started, yeah, I don't right. want to sound like that guy. But there's a little bit of that in here. There seems to be way more people firing off advice and firing off whatever, as opposed to the just the being quiet and listening and oh, absorbing. Yeah. yeah,
1: and I don't know if you're finding that as well in your in your travels. I do. I find it. Uh, it's it's a bit frustrating because you're. It's almost their defensive of their knowledge. It's like no, I know stuff too. It's like okay, well, that's great. That's <laughs> great that you know stuff, but I'm well farther down this path than that, that, yeah. you, that you have to, that you still have to go down to. And uh, you try and you try, you just try to find. I look at it this way: uh, when I would hang out in San Diego in the open mics, you know what I would take the most pride in? I would take the most pride on little tags or jokes of. In a, a line of comics that I know would go up on stage. And I go, and uh, you don't have to say anything about it, but just inside you go, yeah, I gave him that tag, or I gave her that tag, yeah. I gave it that. Because giving jokes or something to a comic, very similar to an organ transplant <laughs> recipient, you have to be able to give it to them in a way that you know that they will receive it. Right. Because it has to be in a voice that they hear that is theirs. Because if you tell them, yeah, how many times have you had people come up to you and say, hey, you should say this? And you're like, yeah, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard because I'd never, never say me. that. I'd never say those you words. You don't even know me. Why yeah. are you saying that? You know, yeah, Sure, it's funny. To you, because, hey, that'd be funny if you said, but that's not, and that's how you have to do it. Oh, yeah. You have to, and so the same thing with, with the with the advice thing, you have to somehow figure a way yep. to give it to them to where they won't reject it right away. Right. And then be able to go, okay, I can kind of mill this over and, and figure out what's going on. And y- yeah, because I felt
0: like when I, I remember sitting around the table um, when I first started, and you'd have some veteran comics talking shop. I never would have jumped in with, oh, okay. yeah, that's like my bit about, it's like, you just shut yeah, up yeah. and be happy to be there. Yeah. Like, wow, I get to take in this knowledge yeah. and overhear this and quietly then take it and apply it to my yep. But I was never going to fire out advice. No. Or, You know, I had a, a comic one time. Him and I were talking shop. He's an experienced comic who's done incredible things in the comedy world. and We were talking shop. Uh, but this one bit that he had that kind of it. it started to die on, on the vine for him, and he couldn't really figure out why, and we were having a good discussion about it. And this other comic who'd been on stage maybe two, three times was like, yeah, you should never. And I just gave him a look like, you need to oh, like get man. out right now. And I mean, literally go into the dark space, into the floor. Like you don't. After three times on stage, go. You know, yeah. Lamont, yeah. that bit you're doing, what you should be doing. Like I would never. Yeah. I would never blow into a garage and go, "Hey, guys, mechanics, get everyone out here. Look, you should check the antifreeze." I don't like. You know what I yeah. mean? But there's a, there's a I don't know if it's, it's, if it's a generational thing in terms of society. is right. just how they live now. Or it's, it's a, uh, an insecurity where, well, I, I want you to think I'm smart too and that I also right. know things. Yeah,
1: yeah, this probably is it. It's probably the idea of just saying, uh, yeah, I, I also know things. Because if, you, if you're the only one talking with it, then it makes me seem like I'm lesser than you or right. whatever it is. It's a, uh, not as much of a bit, but I would just be so curious as to get a panel of doctors around and find out how things have changed and how horrible their lives are with the common thing of WebMD. Oh, like how ma- oh, How man. horrible has this made your life yeah. that now people ca- – look, I know what's going on with me. I looked it up. hear here's a formality.
0: <laughs> I know what I got. Googled it, printed off everything here. Maybe you should read it. Um, yeah, thank you. I've only been in school for most of my life. Yeah. What well, did you get print off the old internet there? Let's have a look-see. <laughs> yeah. But that's where we are. Oh, yeah. And that would never have happened, even if the internet existed, maybe. I, I don't even know if society <laughs> would have been like, well, I'm going to go into this professional and tell him how to do his job. Yeah. It's like – so I've always – I think about that a lot, and sometimes I, I when I'm in these social situations, I go, <clears throat> the people who are going to do the best, I think, combined with talent and work ethic is the people who listen the most yeah. and are, are sponges and absorb stuff mm-hmm. from every different area. And I'm not to say – I wouldn't listen to a tag from someone who's inexperienced because I do all the time. And I love being part of the community, yeah. but I almost feel like not that there's a hierarchy, but just a an awareness of like, OK, like I told you joking as we came in, someone starts talking about NASA and the space program. Yeah. I don't just to get fire up. Hey, I don't like it. OK, that's my part. Like. I yeah. don't know anything about NASA and the space program. Yeah. So I yeah. need to go away and learn about right. it and then I can come back and make some kind of intelligence yeah. Yeah. you know, observation. But it's like now like here's my response, you know what yeah. it's a knee
1: jerk. Yeah, I don't know what it is that the idea that it used to be pretty noble just to say, you know what, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Now don't it's know like about yeah, that. that's a-
0: Well, let me bullshit my way through this. <laughs> NASA, guys, great question. Uh, great question. You know, NASA, I think space is. Remember when you didn't know the answer yeah. to a question in school? Yeah. You just reframed the question. Yep. The cause of World War II? Well, as we all know, there are many causes to World War II, which was a war involving the world. It's a complicated for the question.
1: second time. <laughs> yeah.
0: And as we know, countries, when at war, are not getting along <laughs> very well. It's like, oh, this guy has no idea what he's talking yeah, about, but yeah. he's he's gonna fill two sheets, <laughs> goddamn it! <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. me in uh, political science, I believe. Back in <laughs> so I don't know. I, I really feel like that's a little bit of an epidemic right now, too. Of, and I don't, I know it's not just in the comedy world. Yeah, it's in the world in general. Like we're all firing at our opinions without. Being having enough enough knowledge base and, yeah. and enough educational background to comment on it oh, intelligently, yeah. yeah, and you do yourself a disservice. I feel you yeah. know, yeah. Um, but I still remember that. I remember hanging at a table and two veteran comics talking about road stories or about this bit and what they're working on, and I went, "Oh, I was." I remember feeling. No one's asked me to leave. This is amazing. Oh yeah, exactly. Happy to be at the
1: table. Exactly. Just being there, and you go, man. This. I hope this keeps going. This yeah. is great. I hope nobody ruins it. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, someone's yeah, going to chime a, in and go,
0: yeah. You know, uh, yeah. you could do it that way. It's <laughs> like did you, you're not going to. Yeah. You're not going to chime in with your advice there. You yeah. After three sets. Because the worst thing
1: is that for whoever it is, that's giving it for them to leave. That's the worst. Like, oh, the, yeah, I got it. Oh man, yeah, now they someone go. ruined it. Yeah, yeah, someone ruined it. Yeah, you ruined it. <laughs> it's,
0: it's so true. It's 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 a weird weird time right now. But I think it does come from people feeling a little bit insecure. Um, yeah, I think it's the same DNA for the comic who's always on. Oh do yeah, do you know what I mean? Like yep. you're in the, yep. the car riding, you're driving, and this guy's just trying to be funny um, the whole time. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Really? we are exhausted. We're doing <laughs> this for eight hours? This is, right. You know I'm a comic, right?
0: I don't. There's no audience here
1: that Get I know early. of. Look, you got the gig. I don't know what. We're both going to the gig. You got it. You already got the gig. But I got to tell you, you keep this up in <laughs> the
0: next gas station. You're going in alone. And when you come out, this ride's not going to be here. Because I am not doing another four hours. I got this other part about. Oh, okay, oh, here yeah. we go. But I, I'm, I'm sure you're the same way, too. Anybody who comes up to me and asks me their, ask me my opinion about a bit they have or whatever, if there's humility there, I'm all about it. I'm oh, like, yeah. man, I will talk to you for hours about yeah. this stuff. But there's that swagger, arrogant thing that yeah. I don't have time for. Yeah. Because you're 36 years in, and you're still uncovering. I'm 14 years in, and I'm still uncovering. So. Yeah. I don't get the swagger part. I don't get the, like, yeah, yeah I know
1: things. I got it all. I'm yeah, good. You might have questions uh, for me. Yeah, the the some of the comics for the past week, mostly the uh, MC has been pretty, you know, like, hey, he wants to learn everything. He wants to know yeah. this. And then the fact that when, uh, if you finish, when they come over and they go, I've learned so much just watching you. And then for me, it's always a point where I'm like. Really? What'd you learn? Cause I'm up there trying to struggle to get through with these people <laughs> that don't right. want to see anything, but you're lear- okay, that's fine. You know, the type of deal, yeah. but a lot, sometimes it has to do with the approach because you know, if the crowd is, is not into it and then you somehow have made them become into it, they want to know what the tricks were or, or how it was done and yes. stuff like that. And, uh, and so to be able to tell them, uh, who, I guess years and years ago, I was at the improv in California George Lopez was, I was hosting, George Lopez was headlining. And uh, he didn't have a show at that point in time. He was just kind of a big name in comedy clubs and stuff. And, uh, you know, and I've been doing it for quite a while at that point in time. And then at the end of the week, uh, he calls me over. We are staying in the green room. And he goes, I've never seen you before. He goes, I don't know why I've not seen you before. Mm -hmm. And I go, well, I'm kind of around. I just do stuff. And then he said, he said, the only difference between you and me is that I had help because you can't make it in this business without help. Oh, it's man. as simple as that you cannot make it without help people either giving you advice or giving you tips or giving you leads or something like that he goes you can't do it you just can't do it he goes that's the only difference between you and i so and true stuff and so yeah he was very nice probably the nicest anybody's ever been to me in my career that took time you know that yeah. didn't have to and just took time aside and it's <clears> like <throat> yep. he took a comment card and wrote his name and phone number he said, oh, give me a call give me a call whenever you need it he goes we can work in vegas and do stuff like that and i was like okay that's cool crazy okay. it's so you're so right because it you're on this island by yourself trying to
0: navigate this crazy career. And I've always said, if you look at the parallels of, you know, you travel all across North America, how many times have you got into a live music joint and you sat there and you watched someone who blew your mind and you didn't know who the hell they were. And you're like, how are they, how are they here? Yeah. It's like, you know, and, and it's come up on the podcast time and time again. It's just, talent is not enough man it's just it's just it really really and and i think it's hard for people to get their head around that because sometimes they feel well look man i have all this incredible talent and there's people who tell me how great i am it's like i'm not denying you that that's all true but you have to find a way to
1: navigate this business side and if you
0: don't you're going to be in that place for the rest of your life
1: yeah yeah it is yeah it's not enough you got to find the doors I, i always tell uh comics i go look for the different door everybody's standing at the front door that's why the line's so long yeah. you've got to find there's another door to get in that building and you've got to figure out where that other door is uh, and then you want you to go oh okay I see I got it you know but that's that's the whole idea the whole idea is to navigate to find not the front door where everybody in that line is because if you're going to sit there and wait nothing's going to happen yep. but find a way to get in the side the back door wherever it is to get in
0: that's what i think has been interesting with the whole podcast world you know with someone like mark maron who you know was a pretty you know a pretty solid comic for yep. so many years but you know for most people you know he was just this obscure figure no yep. one knew he gets in the podcast world one of the first to really embrace it be consistent with it and put it out there and you're right he found that door of like yep. now People who did not know he was a comic are exposed to Mark Marin. Yeah. Now he's selling his own tickets and things are rolling now. Yeah. But if he's waiting for the Hollywood train of I'm gonna get a
1: sitcom, oh, right. eh
0: Miles, that lineup's pretty long. <laughs> and yeah. you're
1: not any younger. Yeah. And you know, so And it, everybody's in that line. Not only just comics, actors are in that everybody's
0: in that line. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things you're right, which I think if you look at it from an, an optimist point of view, that's a great way to look at it as well because no matter where you are in terms of what your interests are and what your other skills and strengths are, you can find a way to kind of get those out there and find an audience. It doesn't yeah. have to be just Route 1, I right. 95. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got to take on you- <laughs> Get on I 95, you go yeah. up there. To it's a galley. T- t- it's, okay, what, I don't know did, any did you get of these a GPS. Things. Did I give you a GPS when you got on the ship? Uh,
1: I 95. I don't know. There's a ramp. I got to take a, a ramp. Ship. There was a ship. I came up, I go. Twice I've ended up in the walk-in freezer. Twice <laughs> I have ended into the walk-in freezer. Sure has cooled off tonight, huh? Uh,
0: not so windy, though, out here on the deck. Uh, you're in the freezer, Lamont.
1: What? Uh, uh,
0: that's too funny. That's too funny. Um, all right, we'll wrap it up with this question, sir. Sure. And I, I want your honest opinion on this. What do you think is the one thing... A comedian would need to be successful in this business. What's the one thing
1: that without this, it ain't happening? For today, it's different. Because part of the problem with me and comics that are my age that grew up around that same time, we were told, don't do anything before you're ready. Because there were repercussions if you did that. Hey, I'm a feature act. I got 25, 30 minutes, and you go out and you had five minutes. Y- it would take you three years before you ever got a gig again because that word would spread around to the comedy clubs. Now, today, it's different. Today, it's almost do everything that comes your way because even if you fail at it, there are no repercussions for that because nobody will say anything. You'll just keep trying and keep trying. So, I would say, in today 's climate, the one thing that a comic would have to do uh to be successful is to do everything that comes along uh, it, which goes against <laughs> everything that is within me, yeah, yeah, but it is the truth. Do it before do if you, if the opportunity comes along, uh, do the best that you can and figure it out. You have to be more proactive with your career, as we are saying you can't wait. For that whole Hollywood train to come by and tab you, hey, welcome to the show, but you're the next big star. Yeah. You have to be able to do that. Um, uh, and f- as for a comic, I've seen too many of them be successful without going the route that they should. So it's a point where I'm like, okay, fine. That's That must be the thing. That must be the you know, uh there's, who is it because uh, my wife was telling me she goes now you've made me a snob on comedy she went to a show and i go how was it she goes yeah i don't i don't find her funny i've never found her funny and she <laughs> goes she goes because you've made me a snob on comedy i view this i go yeah but she's super su- successful and uh she goes, yeah but i don't find her funny but it didn't matter because she had one thing she got the one bit and it right. propelled her into stardom and she just kept on doing it and uh, that was the thing about it so it's a point where i'm like you just do whatever you can you yep. do whatever it is that you can, and that somehow will end up making you successful. It is whether you want the respect of the comedy industry. Now, that's different. That's different yeah. than what it is that you want successful to be. And also, also depends on what your idea of success is. You know, my whole idea of getting into it was if I can do this, which is a job I love, as a po- and make the same amount of money and, and be able to take care of everything, as opposed to doing a job that I hated every day, then I'm good. I'm yeah. good from that point, that's and then I you was. build from there, yeah. you know?
0: Mm-hmm. that's how I was too. It was kind of, I won, you know, yeah. and the rest of it's going to come and go and it's the industry and then, yeah. and, and then you're shunned and whatever. But I'm like,
1: if I get to get up and every
0: morning, I'm this,
1: ah, this is, this is, I yeah. Win.
0: This is awesome. Yeah. You Cause know? the
1: people, you know, it's the outside world that don't know the industry that are busy going well, when, when are you going to be successful? When are you going to be like a household name that everybody knows and stuff? And I always break that new analogy. I go, who's the most famous plumber that you've ever met. Yeah, you don't know that guy, do you? But I bet his house is bigger than yours. Yeah. I bet that and you have no idea who that person That's is. Right, yeah. That's all that matters to him. Yeah. You
0: know? That's how I feel right now. I feel like I'm a, I feel like I'm a folk singer. Like I feel like I'm like, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not Justin Bieber at all, but I have my own little folk yeah. following yeah. over here and I play coffee shops and, you know, but I'm, I I and you're right. It's a great question and something I've asked myself a lot in the last few months actually is what is success? And if success is only measured by how many festivals you attend and your credits and all that stuff, I think the other side of success is, and more importantly, is, are you happy? Like, right. are you actually right, deep down when the alarm goes off in the morning, are you happy with where your life is? Yeah. And I don't know if enough folks are measuring it that way. They're yeah. chasing this other stuff that they think is going to make them happy. Yeah. But in reality, it's not. Yeah. You're going to get there and get that thing go. This is it. Yeah. This was this was the whole thing I've been chasing for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got it. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, this
1: sucks. This is not. I know. <laughs> this is the worst game I've ever played. Exactly. And I've got in,
0: I've got into conversations too with comedians, and I've tried to do it in a way like you said, where they will where they will accept it. Right. Is that the level of perseverance you're going to need in this racket is going to go to a depth you didn't even know you had possible in right. you
1: because the amount of heartbreak. And frustration and rejection—the rejection—endless. Yeah, and that's that was really tough for me in the beginning, uh, when I would actually thought I was you know decent enough to go and try and secure work. This is how it would work: I would uh, you know you mail off packets. That was how long ago right. packets. Put your videotape in a pay thing and mail <laughs> off packets, and then you do the follow up call. I would call until i got a no that no was so destructive to me it would shut me down <laughs> yeah. for the rest of the day so i was like yeah i don't want two no's." so i would call until i got it like uh hey they're not in right now just as good as a yes yeah. is what and it man, is they love that, me. Would, they love that would me. let me keep going yeah but if the first phone call was yeah we saw it and we didn't like it boom well, i'm done for the day that's what how it worked it yeah. was that type of deal I'm like, yeah. yeah i can't i can't do this it's you
0: know? so true because it, it's and it and it I was trying to explain to a comic here a few years back, they were really frustrated that they couldn't play one of the main, just open mics around town. They could not get booked on this open mic. And I said to them in as kind of a way as I could say was, I don't know if this is for you then because – This is coming at every single level of your career. Yeah. There's gonna be somewhere you can't play. Mm -hmm. A club that won't book you. A festival that doesn't think you're that funny. Like it does not end just because I said Brad Pitt has movies he can't do. Yeah. Brad Pitt wants to play a role, I'm sure. And they're like, Well, we just don't see you're too old, Brad. You're too old. (laughs) And quite frankly, everyone knows who you are and it wouldn't work in this role. Like, that's just life. So if you think you should just get everything that you want. Yeah. This isn't the racket for you <laughs> yeah. because you're going to be you're going to be like that fly on a window just smashing its head. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm, that's where and I and look yeah. to your left. I'm over here smashing my head, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. but I think they think that there's going to be some level of success that everything's a yes. Yeah, from that I, got car, I got my
1: card. I got my pass. You just boop. Green light. I guess. Yeah. yeah. All right. Where's the gigs that I love? There's uh, something wrong with this. This is. Yeah. Some- I can't wipe it on their the pants. Been acting yeah. a little funny here lately. The strip here on the back. It seems I can't seem to get
0: that sitcom I wanted. It's yeah. it does not end. But I think you're right. Life gets easier when you accept that that is part of the journey. That yeah. this rejection is just going to be the thing you have to deal with every single day. But yeah. if you're enjoying, like we talked about earlier, the minutiae and the small details yeah. of writing a joke and starting with nothing, and then at the end of the week you've got a five minute chunk. Yeah. To me, that's where the happiness lies. Yeah. You know, the flashy website and the viral video and all that. It's great, but that's going away, too. Yeah.
1: And what are you left with? Yeah, the viral video. That's right? a, yeah, that seems to be the uh, the brass ring that the people are going, man, if I get that. Yeah. I can get my ticket signed, you know. All right.
0: I'm just like, man, I think looking for the shortcut is the long way. Oh, I yeah. think while you're trying to to just avoid all the day-to-day work yeah. and just think you can fast-track it, you're wasting valuable time. Oh, yeah. You know you could be writing jokes today, and you could be working on that bit that doesn't quite work right now or watching someone who is a little further down the road than you are. Yeah. You'd be so much further ahead than sitting there going, hmm, what viral video can I try to <laughs> create? Yeah. You can still do that work, don't get me wrong, but yeah. I think there's nothing wrong with loving being a comedian. No. Yeah. You yeah. know? Just the day-to-day – isn't this awesome? Had nothing, now I got something. Can't wait to go on stage tonight and and try it in front of a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, that's the magic of it. Um, well, sir, safe travels to you back Thank to you. that beautiful place, <laughs> that beautiful Californian place, a beautiful place that. Uh, <sighs> but we got some some great weather here. I mean, yeah, you're it's here a nice good time. Here. Yeah, you know, I loved your post yesterday. Was it? You're like. <laughs> Ah, uh, you know, almost would fool me into moving here. Uh, if you just saw this, you're like, what? I, yeah. really, I can really do this. Yeah, yeah. No. I often think about that, about the early settlers in Canada. Like, they obviously would have oh, yeah. over in the summer months. Yeah. Like, oh, my Lord, look at these bountiful <laughs> oceans and <laughs> these beautiful, full, fertile fields. And we yeah. will build a, fa- a, a city here, and we shall call it. And then each day it got a little colder. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, this is pretty <laughs> <That's>... chilly <laughs> Well, December was like this is- dear, we've lost half of the village. <laughs> uh, my leg fell off as I was like just no idea yeah. of no, how. Like-
1: wow, this, it really dropped. Where, where are we? It's it's just tomorrow. It's just the next day. Oh my god! I, you know what? It's got to turn at some point, right, Margaret? I think today <laughs> might even be colder than yesterday. <laughs> this is like late September. Yeah, yeah. It's just exactly. Like- it's a straight line to minus 35.
0: I would love to read those letters back home over oh, the yeah. course of, yeah. Uh, yeah, just, oh, you must join us. Get on the first ship and join us here. <laughs> was, for the love of God, stay where you are. <laughs> My
1: pencil's broken 19 times. <laughs> <laughs> I am writing this with my mouth. My fingers have chipped off. <laughs>
0: all, limbs, all limbs are now used for firewood. It's just a core with a mouth. Oh, it's so true. I think that's right. But you don't have to worry about that. You're going back to beautiful. <laughs> yes. Beautiful Long Beach, man. Beautiful California. Yeah, oh, where
1: it's uh, the heat wave is uh, supposedly about to start right when I get back. So. You got a website you want to give a shout out to? Uh, sure, you get uh, lamontferguson.com dot com with that uh you know it's funny uh <laughs> so this is a, another of the bits which is speaking you know, of the thing about that i'm trying to work on and i go i think maybe that might be a so as comics we're, or entertainers a little vanity that goes through there so there are times where you will google yourself yeah right yeah. so uh you, just to see what's out there see what's out there about yourself so uh, i do that from time to time now I, you can also do it on facebook so i plug in lamont ferguson on facebook there are fifteen other Lamont Fergusons on Facebook. Okay, okay, fine. It's a weird name. doesn't match, you know. It's right. Lamont's French. Scottish is the surname, you know, for black man that just reeks of slavery. <laughs> so it's so so uh here's the thing about it. There is another out of those fifteen, there is another Lamont Ferguson who does stand-up comedy. No way. Yes. Black There's. guy? Black guy. Get out of here. Horrible <laughs> <laughs> Horrible not helping so, the brand at all yeah <laughs> no not at all but yeah so uh but lamontferguson.com i don't the know the funny what, one i don't the know what he, yeah the funny one i don't know what his website is but i got that one you need and put uh, Lamont
0: to put Ferguson the funny <one. laughs> that's a yeah. lot
1: to put into a browser that, <laughs> <laughs> seems to be available so that's all that would matter but yeah
0: oh that's awesome dude. Oh, that's awesome but, yeah. well thanks for doing this man i appreciate sure. it sure all right fun until next time There you go, huh? Dropping some wisdom. Uh, Lamont Ferguson stopping by the old shack here and dropping some comedy wisdom on you. Okay? So you take that, you go out in the world, and now you know. Hmm? Hmm? See how that works? Sweet little episode. Another sweet little episode. Um, don't forget, if you're not subscribing to the Generators Podcast, you are missing out. So make sure that you do subscribe so you get these updates regularly when uh, all the new episodes come out. Also, you can leave a review on iTunes. That would also be much appreciated. And if you just want to send me a, a quick note, feel free to do so. It's, again, it's Trent at trentscomedy.com. Feel free to do that. Man, we have some killer, killer episodes coming up. Uh, I'm going to do a little video probably on Facebook and I Instagram television. Uh, pretty soon here, and give you a little teaser as to what's going to be coming up. But I am talking some heavy, heavy hitters in sports and in music, and uh, I, I can't wait to let you guys know. So uh, keep coming back to the generators and checking it out; it will be worth the while. Thanks again for listening. You have a fantastic week. Go out, make something, huh? Create something, generate something. Go on out there in the world; it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. You're going to be great. All right, bye bye. See you next time.